Okay, friends, the first year of entrepreneurship or starting your own business is not always easy. Today's episode is looking back at the past year of launching my coaching business. This is a very transparent, vulnerable, real conversation about what it looks like for a lot of people. A lot of podcast hosts or social media gurus and influencers aren't sharing this part of it in real time. So why I started a podcast is to be able to to navigate it alongside with you so that you feel seen, you feel like you have a place to go and really understand what this journey looks like. So take my hand. We're going to talk through the last year. There are so many wins, but there are definitely some lessons. So hang tight. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Equip Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Laconi, and I'm a business strategy coach, published author, and the woman you want in your corner as you navigate your business journey. If you're in a season of pivot, shifting, or just knowing that there's more that you're called to do and seek the clarity and strategy to guide you through this season, then you're in the right place, friend. My goal in this podcast is to teach you the life lessons and the strategies that I've personally learned over the past decade of being an entrepreneur. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of She Gets Me Entrepreneur Chat on topics guaranteed to boost your confidence, business growth, and income. If you're ready for tactical skills mixed with some sisterhood real talk about the world of entrepreneurship, then let's make it a date weekly and take this journey together, friend. We've all heard the phrase hindsight is 2020. And I was thinking about that phrase and was thinking back on this past year. I launched my business a year ago in the fall of 2022. And I was actually reading through my journal, which I'm so grateful that I've spent the time in the last year to not only document my business year, my first business year, but also the month's leading up to that, where I was in a pivot season and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I'm able, it's like reading a story of my life where I can see where I was ready to pivot out of network marketing and trying to figure out what was next and trying to figure out what my gifts were. This is why I started a podcast. This is why I talk about journaling all the time because I've walked through this and being able to reread my journal before pressing record today and sharing the lessons that I've learned in my own business over the last year has been really eye-opening because I feel like when we look back on our years or we look back on an experience or a journey, it's very surface level. Unless you have amazing memory, we usually remember the big feelings. We remember the big events, but we don't remember necessarily all the details that led up to that big feeling or that big experience. And if you truly journal the right way, you're giving snapshots of your life, of your decisions, of your feelings that when you read it chronologically back, you start to put the pieces together. You start to connect the dots. And it truly is hindsight is 2020 because as I'm looking back over the last year of my journal entries, I now see themes. I now see what God knew long before I did. 
And I know that I had to just work through this year, the struggles, the mistakes, the failures, the missteps in order to be in a position now to tell you what these lessons are so that one, if you're thinking about starting a business, maybe this will help you. Or number two, if you're in the heart of this, you feel seen and you feel like maybe there is a reason for this. Maybe there's a purpose and you just haven't learned it yet. I am for the most part on the other side of these lessons that I'm going to talk about. There is one that I'm still walking through, but you know, this is why I started a podcast. I feel like there's a lot of hype with business, with entrepreneurship, with small business ownership, where people don't want to talk about the first year in real time, because that's a really raw and real thing to do. And if you share that maybe things aren't going the way that you want it, then people will think, well, why would I want to hire you? It's a really bold thing to do. And when I started my podcast, I had a long thought process to myself of how vulnerable am I willing to be? If I'm still in a season where I'm trying to grow my business, but I'm going to be vulnerable enough to share the lows, to share that maybe clients aren't flowing in or money isn't flowing in in certain seasons, am I willing to be that vulnerable and and not know how it's going to impact my business? And I am willing to be that vulnerable and I'm choosing to do that today because I feel like there are plenty of people who are on this journey who need to hear messages like this. And I feel inspired because I do have some very uh, newer friends in the entrepreneurial space who are starting to talk about this as well. And it's given me permission to do it on my own podcast. One of the big reasons why I love having guests on my podcast, one is for them to have exposure, for them to share their zone of genius with my podcast audience, but two, very selfishly, because I get to learn from them. I get to learn what their experience in entrepreneurship has looked like. And with every single guest that I have brought on this year, I have asked them two very similar questions. One, how did you get into what you're doing? And two, what are the lessons or what would you turn around and tell someone who's thinking of doing this? And I've had some very eye-opening conversations recorded that you can go back and listen to where it really turned my mindset around in the heart of this journey this year. I'm so grateful that I thought to ask those questions of all of my guests. Like I said, selfishly, I I did it so that I could just be a sponge and learn and that you could learn. I think we, we learn so much from understanding those who've gone before us, even if it's just five steps, even if it's just one year. And so everyone I interviewed this year had at least a year under their belt, if not way longer, but they were vulnerable enough to be able to share what that first year looked like. And I knew I wanted to be able to turn around and do the same for you guys. And so I'm here and I'm, and I'm going to share. When I started entrepreneurship, it was actually 10 years ago. I started in 2013. I've always had my hand in it. I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur in some capacity. In 2013, I started a photography business while I was still working a full-time career and did really well with it, but it wasn't the main thing. It was a it was a side thing. And so I think there was less pressure, but I learned a lot through that and I did really well. The only reason that I stopped photography is because I got very much into network marketing 
and started having a lot of success with it, still working full time, but eventually was able to leave my full time job and just focus primarily on network marketing, which became our primary income for nine plus years. And so last fall, when I made the decision that I no longer wanted to build a network marketing business, there was a lot of fear around that because that was the main thing. And if I was going to drop the main thing, then something else had to be the main thing. Now, my husband does have a full-time job. Thank God he never quit during my network marketing days because we believe in multiple streams of income. But I, I felt this intense pressure to make this new business work, my coaching business work. And if I'm being honest with you, I didn't think it was going to be hard. <laughs> and I'm laughing saying that because that's such a high ego thing to say, but I didn't think it was going to be hard. Um, and, and maybe that's not a bad thing starting out because if I thought it was going to be hard, I might have quit earlier. I think I just had this high expectation of myself that I would absolutely make this work. And I want to be clear before I go into these lessons that this has been a, a, a good year. There is not failure for my business. My, my business is not over. There's a lot of really great things I'm excited to share with you in future episodes, but there's been a lot of low. There's been a lot of lessons. There's been a lot of mistakes. There's been a lot of things that I actually wish I could go back and do differently, but I know that's not how life and business works especially for me, like I am meant to trial and error and I'm meant to stumble and get back up so that I don't do that same thing again and I try a different way. So I want to share with you four kind of main themes and lessons that I personally learned today. I think that it will probably resonate in some way with you as you're listening to it. The first one is not to rely so heavily on passive advertisement. Now, what I mean by passive advertisement is social media. I, when I first started to talk about my business, I talked about it on social media because that's what always worked for me. That's how I promoted my photography business. That's how I grew my entire network marketing business was on social media Anybody who is on that journey with me knows that 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 was how I grew it. Now, a lot has changed since those days. Social media is a lot different. The algorithms were a lot different. And I know that and I knew that going into launching this business. But, you know, old habits die hard. That was the first thing I wanted to do because it was very comfortable for me. And so I have no problem talking about my business on social media especially if I feel very strongly about it. But also, like I said, I needed this to work. I needed clients. I needed to prove to my family, but also to myself that I was capable of, of getting paid as a coach. So I had to have a problem talking on social media about it. But what I did have a problem with was actually proactively going out there and talking about my business, my skills, and how I could help people. It's the same thing that I didn't really want to do in network marketing either. I really felt way more comfortable being passive about what I was doing and letting people come to me because that's way more comfortable. And of course, in an ideal world, we would all love it to be that way. 
But especially when you're starting out, what I wish that I had known was how much more assertive I was going to have to be in making connections and networking and asking for referrals. So the first couple of months, I didn't have clients because I was having a lot of conversations, but nobody was really booking. I was, I had a few clients, but it wasn't taking off like I wanted to. And I don't remember who probably told me. I probably did not come to this conclusion on my on my own, but I did start to go to specific people who were well-networked and who had been a part of my journey for at least five to 10 years and who knew my work and my skills. And I let them know what the situation was and who I was looking for. And I started to gain referrals that turned into clients. That was a lesson that I learned pretty quickly, but I will tell you, It didn't stick because what ended up happening is I got a dose of clients, I got excited, and I stopped networking. I stopped asking for referrals. I stopped connecting. And what ended up happening, it wasn't immediate, but a couple months later, I was down to no clients. I had one, I think. I had to start the process all over again. So that would be number one. I think one of the biggest lessons I learned early on was social media is amazing. You should be talking about it on your social media, but if that's all you're doing and you're not growing, it it's because you need to be bolder. You have to go network with people. You have to make connections. You have to let people know what you're looking for and not be scared of asking for referrals. And that's not natural for me at all. So I, I tend to fight it a lot, but It is really important, especially today, if you want to grow a new business. Number two, I wish that I had learned way earlier on how to find a way to connect virtually or in person with other like-minded people. And the reason is because loneliness is so real in entrepreneurship, especially in the early days. And it's weird because I, I feared this. I feared being lonely, especially leaving network marketing in an, a commute, a huge community that I built. I knew that the majority of them were not going to follow me into coaching, nor should they have to. So I was going from having a very large, mostly virtual community to having not really m- many people. And I feared that, but yet I did nothing to fix that or to grow that. And I think it's because it's not one of the first things you think about in your business plan when you're trying to grow a business. You're not trying to think, okay, how am I going to make friends? How am I going to stay sane? How am I going to have a support system? Because that doesn't translate necessarily to money or to clients. So that got pushed on the back burner for many, many months until, of course, business got slow And the feelings of loneliness started to come out from under the rug because things weren't going great. Things were at a slower pace. And that's when in August of this year, I really started to feel very down on myself. I started to feel very anxious, slightly depressed to the point where I had to very quickly make a decision to take care of that and to make sure that I was in the right mental state because I, again, knew that I wanted to make this business grow. 
I didn't want to be down and out like prior years where I had to take Paul's seasons to take care of my health. I was willing to do that, but I knew that I could catch it early enough to get help. And that's why I started a mental series, a mental wellness series. Uh, it's just to really talk about that that's very common with entrepreneurs and business owners is 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 really, you know, your mental wellness, like taking care of that. I wish that I had really been more proactive with that in the beginning of the year and not brushed it under the rug because when business did get slower, it hit hard. I felt very lonely. And that's not to say that I didn't have and I don't have colleagues and and really close friends that I talk to about business and life. I do. I have some very close people, but they don't live close to me. And I think there is major value in just continuing to grow that number. You don't have to have 50 close friends, but making new friends, making new connections with no motive behind it other than supporting each other. I wish that I had done that earlier. I am now in a season where that's what I crave. I crave having like-minded connections and I've started to make some really close ones. And a lot of times they end up being guests on my podcast and then we connect because I learn from them. They're five steps ahead of me. And so, you know, another part of it was getting out of the house It can be very lonely as entrepreneurs, especially when you're starting out, sitting in your house, working all day for yourself, trying to gain business, trying to show up on social media, trying to network, and it's just you. And I wish that I had gotten myself out of the house a lot more. It would have definitely helped my mental health. It probably would have helped my business too, like making those connections. Number three, I wish that I had not walked into this year this business year, starting a new business, expecting my business plan to be set in stone. Like this is how it's going to be. I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to business. I like to know how things are going to flow. I like to know how things are going to end up. And that's just not reality in life and business in any industry. So I walked into this year with very specific goals And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe in goals. I think you need a starting point. But again, because I walked into it needing and wanting so badly for this to work, I was very set on on making those goals work to where I didn't realize that I was achieving them, but just in different ways. Again, that's where journaling has come in handy because a lot of times when I thought I was failing... I went back and read and I started to see where there were wins that I was missing, where I just wasn't paying close enough attention because I was so focused on the overall big picture of this many clients or this much income where I was missing other areas that were really goals of mine that I was succeeding, if not surpassing. I am meant to trial and error and that is something part of my human design that I learned like last year at the end of the year, but I was still trying to avoid that. I didn't want to have to trial and error multiple times this year, meaning 
I have changed my website probably five times this year. I've changed my offers at least four or five times. I've changed who or how I want to serve people multiple times. And it was really frustrating during the, that point because I was like, I got to find something that's going to stick. I got to find something that's going to stick. Maybe this isn't working because I need to do it this way. And I will tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I do feel like that's how I eventually got to my place of clarity on my business. But social media certainly didn't help. Social media was demonstrating to me the, the one way to do this. And it was so confusing to me. It made me feel like I needed to switch things up constantly. And I just wish that I could have told my earlier version of myself going into this year, like be flexible, stop thinking that there's one way because there's not stop following the people on social media that make you reconsider your offers or your business. And just do what works for you in this season. And if you need to pivot, pivot. And it's really interesting because I talk about pivot so much on this podcast, wrote a chapter of a book about pivoting. But yet I'm realizing and looking back this year how much I struggled pivoting myself within my own business. I talk a lot about big pivots and I have no problem actually with the big pivots. But when we think about the small ones, like just altering the way that we do business or altering our offers or altering how we deliver things or our pricing, I think that's where I got really hung up this year and thinking that there was a right or wrong way. And there's not. And I think sometimes there's just a right way for a season and then we get to pivot again. And I wish that I would have given myself permission and an understanding that that's incredibly normal in business. The last one that I want to talk about is something that I'm actually still navigating through. And I want to go back to something that I said earlier when I left my corporate career. When I left my corporate career, there was nothing else other than network marketing. I had to make that work. If I didn't make it work, I was going to have to go back to get a job, which is not what I wanted to do. So there wasn't a plan B. When I did fit photography, there, there was, I was still living plan A. Plan B was the photography gig. In fact, I never even desired to leave my corporate career and do entrepreneurship full time. So the last lesson that I've learned this year that has probably been the most brutal is plan B isn't the end of the world. Now, Here's what I mean by that. I walked into my business with really two different pillars. One, coaching. And two, branding and content creation slash some social media work. There was one that I really wanted to make it work and that was coaching. And I've been so grateful to have amazing clients this year. I've had a coaching business. It is not a failure. However, it didn't grow at the speed that I wanted it to because I wrote that business plan in stone and I was dead set on making coaching the main thing that I actually turned down a lot of branding and content creation opportunities this year because it was all or nothing for me. 
I felt like if I transitioned to branding that I was not putting enough effort in coaching and I would cause it to fail. And that was a tough cookie for me to swallow. That was really difficult. And when August came around and business had slowed down and my mental health started to decline and I had, you know, to, to go get that addressed, I was in a season where we needed to evaluate my business. We needed to see more income coming in because you have to remember, I left a very well-paying corporate career for network marketing. And I was no longer at this point doing network marketing. That income was continuing to drop. And so I was in a position where I needed to supplement my portion of the family income. And that was very humbling for me. And that was very difficult for me to admit. So what did I do? I first had a mental breakdown. <laughs> and, I, and I don't say that to scoff at myself, but it, it's true. I mean, I really went through a grieving process of why couldn't I make this work more this year? Again, coaching business was not a failure. I've had clients this year. I've had amazing clients this year. It just didn't move as fast as I needed it to. And there was a level that I felt like I was failing. I felt like maybe I wasn't cut out to be a coach, but then in the same sense, I was like, no, I am meant to do this work. I am meant to do this work. I'm going to make it work. But ultimately what ended up happening is completely a God thing. I started to be approached to do branding work. I started to be approached to do social media content creation and even management work. And while I knew I was skilled at it, I knew I could do it. I've done it for 10 plus years. That's how a lot of people know me. I didn't want to do it because that was plan B. And I didn't want plan B. I wanted plan A. I wanted to coach and I wanted to make it work. And here's the thing. I remember sitting at the breakfast table Nobody was home. My kids were at school. My husband was traveling and I was eating breakfast and I clicked on a podcast episode and this had to have been in August because I remember exactly how I was feeling and I happened to click on an episode that the title indicated nothing like this was going to come, but she was coaching someone who was trying to grow a business and it was the same situation that it had not moved fast enough in her first year. And the host said, you know what a lot of people don't talk about in their first year is how they had to make it work and supplement. And this, this podcast host now is extremely successful, but she said, I had to take on contract jobs to do social media management in order to supplement until my coaching business took off enough to be the main thing, plan A. And you guys, I was literally sitting at the kitchen table and I had to repeat that section because I was like, did she just say that? And she did. And it's the first time in the entire year that I heard someone admit that they had to supplement in order for their main thing to work. And I cried over my eggs. And then I got really angry because I thought to myself, why have I not heard that this entire year? Why is nobody talking about that? Everyone glamorizes 
plan A and only plan A and just keep going and keep investing and it finally works. And I'm not advocating quitting and I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting coaching. But it made me feel as if I could breathe because there was someone who had been in this position who is now a successful coach who said, you know what, this is how I started. I did have to supplement and I did have to go to plan B while plan A was being built. And in that moment, I said, okay, it's time to be an adult. It's time to be an entrepreneur who was smart in this season. And I took on content creation and branding work. And I've been doing that for a couple of months as I'm making plan A the main thing. But you know what's funny? The thing that I resisted all year long is the thing that I'm kind of mainly doing right now, which is branding work, content work, social media management. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm actually really enjoying it. And I'm really grateful. I want to back up to say that I have two different lanes that I'm really good at. So like plan B for a lot of people are things that they're not passionate about. It Plan B for a lot of people is going and getting a job, a corporate job, sitting behind a desk, doing things that they don't want to do. I'm really freaking grateful that plan B is something that I find joy in and I'm good at. I just didn't want it to be the main thing. I really wanted to focus on coaching. But God had a different plan for me this year, at least in this season. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I have learned this year is the trust factor of I've had success in my coaching business and I will continue to because I know I'm meant to be a coach, but I also provide so much value in the world of branding and content creation. And it gives me joy. And had I not been forced into this position of needing to take on that type of work, I might not have realized that I really freaking enjoy it. It, Yes. Is it quicker income? Absolutely. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a lot safer in this season because people need this and they're willing to get a tangible outcome. Versus coaching where people have to really be ready to invest in themselves. And that's a hard pitch sometimes. I get it. It's a very specific group of people that I'm marketing with coaching. But when I'm talking about content creation and social media management and branding, people are getting a tangible outcome. They don't know how to do this stuff. They need someone to do it. And I'm here to do it. And I'm realizing I really enjoy it. I enjoy working. I enjoy every day showing up and creating for people. So I'm grateful for this season because it's shocked me. It's really shocked me. And I think that's the biggest lesson I can tell you is plan B is not the end of the world. Plan B can get you through a season. Plan B might actually turn into be the plan A. You never know. But I feel like What we need to normalize a lot more, especially in this year, especially with this economy, is that supplementing while you're building something is actually really freaking normal. And nobody really told me that when I started this. And so I thought it meant that I was failing at my plan A, but it's actually very normal. And the, some of the most successful entrepreneurs had to do this in the very beginning 
And I didn't really want to come on here and say that up until this point because I had not really found the lesson in it. I was really bitter, really bitter that I had failed, but I haven't failed. I have not failed. I have had a great year in coaching. It just didn't go the way that I thought it and the way that I mapped it out because I had it written in stone. But that's not how business works. That's not how life works. It sure as hell isn't how entrepreneurship works in your first couple of years. I don't expect next year to be exactly how I want it to be either. And at least I'm going into it with that expectation. But I had to go through this first very humbling year to realize that. I know that there's other lessons that are going to come from my entrepreneurial journey. But these are the first four that I'm ready to share with you, no matter where you are in your journey. I will tell you that entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, but it's incredibly rewarding. Not only financially when you get your flow, but the person that you develop into, that you become, it really puts a mirror up to yourself and you, you've got to battle a lot of things. You've got to come up and rise up from a lot of things and not everyone's willing to do that. And so entrepreneurship is, and small business ownership is not for everyone. If you're not willing to fall on your face, sometimes publicly and get back up and try a different way, then this is definitely not for you. But if you're willing to do that in order to reap the rewards whenever it's supposed to happen for you, that it's really worth doing what you love to do and getting paid for it. And I'm in a season where I'm really excited because now I'm like, oh my gosh, I like doing both. I like coaching, but I really like doing this thing over here too that I kind of was like forced into doing. And now I'm like, oh crap, I really like it. So I'm in a season of another pivot. And I'm really excited to share what that's going to look like, but this podcast is still here and I'm going to continue to share what entrepreneurship looks like because I'm still an entrepreneur and I'm still going to be an entrepreneur, but business goals and offers and ideas are always going to change. And that's the biggest thing I want you to know as you're walking into this journey or you're in it right now. I am rooting you on, friend, and I hope that wherever you are in your business, you can celebrate the wins and the lessons. Hey, friend, I hope today's episode equipped you with what you need to feel inspired to take action or even change. And if so, I would be so grateful if you would leave me a review and then share this on social media with a friend or a colleague who could benefit. So much of what I share, if not all of what I share, is exactly what I've walked through. So I relate to you more than you realize. And hey, if you're craving more and are ready to connect beyond this podcast, I'd love to encourage you to connect with me on Instagram. That's at Elizabeth Lacoque.